My name is Christopher McKinnon and you're listening to the Notes from Dad to Son podcast. A podcast from a dad who's still trying to figure it all out in time for his son being old enough to start asking the questions. Welcome to Notes from Dad to Son episode 24. Uh, reckon this will will be called the shadow. The shadow. The darkness is hidden within and comes out in times of stress distress I mentioned in one of the earlier episodes that you don't really know what what your shadow contains and hides until you're in an extreme circumstance So this week, on Monday, I was at work and, you know, I'm still not over this cold flu-like kind of thing that I've had for the past two weeks. But anyway, I'd been struggling through my shifts and making it through right until about an hour before my shift was due to finish on Monday. And I was waiting for the next shift of staff to come into work in about half an hour or so before they were due to start. So I'm reading some articles on the news websites and I find an article where a person had been stockpiling on hand wash and trying to sell it on Amazon for $50 a piece and had subsequently been you know investigated by police and whatnot. so as I'm reading this article I'm about to say to my colleague to my right that that was shocking that people would behave in that way I didn't really get the whole of my words out before I was coughing in quite a bad way. So, excuse myself, went to the the toilet nearby, carried on coughing there, spat out, you know, a nice big glob of green phlegm, got myself a drink of water, came back, took some sips of water, and then attempted to speak again but it was as if like the back of my throat was like really dry and I couldn't even get my words out basically so I had to keep taking sips of water and my eyes were watering as well and I'm just like I can't even speak and my colleague said to me yeah I think you should probably get home and get some rest and I was due to be back at work today being Wednesday as I'm recording this 
But yesterday was my day off and I had Monday night to myself at my place and Caroline and Fraser were coming over to mine for just in time for Fraser's lunch really. And in the morning I'd went out to Tesco and I'd bought, you know, some provisions to make soup with. And I got home and I was making soup and they arrived and, you know, I still wasn't feeling that much better. And before Callie was getting ready to go to work, she says to me, you know, you still aren't really feeling that great. It's been a good couple of weeks since you've had this. You should probably call in sick so that you've at least got a chance to get over it. So I called in, spoke to my colleague and said, you know, I'm still not feeling great. I'm not likely to be in for the remainder of this week. And she says, oh, yeah, you should maybe try um, calling a GP, see if you could maybe get an antibiotic or something, see if that would help. So I thought, right, okay, I'll do that. I'll try and get an appointment with the doctor for the next day. And I'll give them a call back. So I call my practice and the receptionist is asking immediately why I'm needing a doctor. Um, so I mentioned that I've had like cold symptoms for the past two weeks. I got sent home the other day, I was coughing and I was basically as though, right, okay, you get symptoms so you need to isolate for seven days and anyone in your household needs to isolate for 14 days. And I'm like, but I don't really think it's the coronavirus. I think this is just like really a cold or a chest infection or something. I'm just, can I not like, you know, get even antibiotics prescribed? And she said that the doctors aren't taking in anyone with those kind of symptoms just now as a precaution and they're not prescribing antibiotics either. And that I had to isolate for seven days and everyone in my household had to isolate for 14 days. So, having had that news, um, Caroline's with me, and you know, I hang up the phone. I say, right, this is basically what I'm having to to get back to the work with, and let them know. And by this point, Caroline's leaving, get ready to go. She was wanting to go to work a bit earlier to do some work that she was needing to catch up on. But she knew that she would have to communicate this information to her boss, who likely wouldn't take it that well. And I was saying to her, right, well, you should probably phone her then. Like, speak to her over the phone, because if you're having to self-isolate, as they're telling me that you have to, then you shouldn't be going into work to personally relay this information anyway. You should just be, like, giving it over the phone. But Caroline being Caroline... <laughs> is not one to be told what to do and decided that she was going to go into work tell this to her boss in person and said that she would likely be back within 10 minutes but I knew that she would not be back in 10 minutes and sure enough about 20 minutes passed and it was getting closer and closer to the time when she would be actually down to start her shift and all that was going through my head at that point in time was, you know, at, at the suggestion that had been given to me by my GP practice, it was looking like, you know, one or both of us 
was not likely to be seeing Fraser for at least a week. And, you know, this is aggravated somewhat by Caroline going into work because we both work for the same company, but different branches. And I was aware that our boss's boss was at my branch um, because my colleague had told me that. So when I called back to give them that information that we'd been told to, I'd been told to isolate for seven days and everyone in my household to isolate for 14 days. I knew that this information would make its way to our boss's boss. And it was also making its way uh, to HR as well because HR are wanting to make sure that um, people aren't taking the piss with this illness, as it were. And, um, you know, there would be... Um, consequences for people that are apparently, you know, not as ill as they're making out to be or what have you and all that, are not going with the health professional's advice. So in my head, I'm thinking, HR are going to know, my boss's boss is going to know the advice that I've gave, been given, and only one of us is following us following that advice it made no sense in my head how that could be a thing um, to my mind it made one of us look stupid or the other to be a liar and none of these were things that I wanted anyone at our work to think of either of us really but um, the thing that really annoyed me at the time was that you know, I felt as if, like, you know, if I was having to self-isolate and if Caroline was going to go ahead and decide not to do that, then there should have been a bit more time to talk about, well, how do we manage, you know, looking after Fraser in that regard? Because if I was to self-isolate and it was not to be together as a unit, as a family in one house or the other, then it would mean that, I wouldn't be able to see Fraser for a week and there would be childcare implications and, and all that kind of stuff as well. So all of this miasma circling around my head and that's when the shadow crept out. Shadow crept out and I was in a rage. I was absolutely raging. Fraser was in having his nap and I called Caroline at work. I told her I was raging. I told her why I was raging and wasn't getting anywhere because Caroline was explaining to me that she had told her boss the advice that I had been given and her boss had told her that that was not in line with the company's policy and I'm shouting back down the phone but company policy is trumped by the advice of the healthcare professionals which we are both meant to be adhering to um, so you know the, there was a, a great deal of ugliness pouring out of me in, in a way that I was really greatly ashamed of yesterday and I, I never felt good after that call. Caroline cut the call short, and rightly so, because I was, you know, not behaving in a way that 
anyone really should on a phone to anyone. But a while passed and I called our boss's boss and I spoke about the same situation and um, on the one hand it seemed to me through the answers that he was giving that he didn't want to be the person responsible for saying that staff should um, take the the full extent of the, the advice given by health professionals because that would impact on the service that we are able to provide to the people we care for. And on the other hand, also didn't want to take responsibility of saying disregard that advice because then that would potentially directly impact the people we care for in a, a bad way, given that they are in the, the group of people that would be most adversely affected if they came into contact with anyone with the symptoms that are um, had by people with the coronavirus. Frustratingly also for me, there is, there is still no clarity as to whether I have coronavirus or not because they aren't testing. The GP practice isn't testing. The workplace isn't testing. The, you know, because we're in social care, whereas the NHS is healthcare, it seems to be the priority is testing people who work in healthcare rather than everyone across the the spectrum of people who work in care. So I'm in a situation just now where, um, to me, it's as if like, I've just had like, a cold flu for the past two weeks, haven't been able to get over it because of having to go to work and having to look after Fraser on my days off and not really getting to spend time recuperating in bed. And, you know, never really got over the, the chestiness, the coughing and all that. And because coronavirus seems to be a thing at the same time, nobody's willing to take a chance to, to you know, see me and, and have me tested or anything. So, you know, I'm in this kind of limbo where at the end of seven days, presumably I have to contact, um, you know, the health professionals again and let them know whether symptoms have abated. And if they have, you know, do I then get tested? I also need to keep in touch with my workplace and make sure that they are aware of any ongoing developments in my health and and what the health professionals advise as well. So, yeah, the the shadow came out in a big way the other day. It revealed a a part of my um, part of myself that doesn't seem to do particularly well with um, with ambiguity, with stress caused by ambiguity, with um you know with the the whole responsibility of of parenting and and trying to do that in two different households in in a situation where i'm supposed to be kept completely away from unnecessary human contact but you know the the world is just crazy out there right now 
It's absolutely mental. Um, we can hear about celebrities like Tom Hanks getting tested in Australia, but, you know, rich people, celebrities, politicians are all coming out in the news saying they've tested positive or they've tested negative or they've recovered or whatever. And, and here where I live right now, um, from what I gather, there is no scope for me to get tested. None at the moment. And the more I, I hear and I, I read about what's going on just now, the anger it's making me. So I'm, I'm doing my best to stay away from all that. But it's particularly annoying and frustrating when the Prime Minister is, you know, not actually doing anything that, you know, would have benefited the, the country in in reducing the spread and, and all that. Um, you see how other countries are responding in terms of the financial support being offered. You know, he's offering essentially loans to businesses that are, are going to basically put them in debt at the end of this anyway, if, you know, they're able to you know, survive with the, the loans that they're given. Um, landlords are somehow not going to be, um, you know, liable for paying a mortgage for X amount of months. That would include myself, by the way, if I spoke to my bank and said I was having difficulties because of this. You know, I, I, I would get a break from paying my mortgage. But people who are renting, there was no mention of that the other day. There was no mention at all that, you know, this same thing would be granted to people who rent. Caroline rents in a housing association house and there's nothing to suggest that she's not going to be paying rent while this is all going on. And, you know, it just seems typical of this kind of government that, you know, it's meant to benefit the the people that are well off and really the people that need the help the most aren't really getting it. So, you know... Conceivably, I could be renting out my flat as a landlord, not actually paying my mortgage for three months, but still charging a tenant rent. It's sickening. It's, it's disgusting that the government thinks that that is appropriate, whereas the people that need the help aren't apparently getting it. That may have changed by the time I finish this recording because there's meant to be a daily briefing, a daily update, but... I'm not going to tune into that tonight. I'm I'm not. Um anyway, getting back to the the shadow, you know, is you know, this is this has come up before. This has come up in an earlier episode. Um when I was talking about, you know, the the stress of initially becoming a parent for the very first time and and also, to an extent, last week, when I was talking about how we went to Fraser's developmental appointment and I was really frustrated and annoyed that, despite the reassurances given, Caroline still was not reassured by the advices of the health professionals. So... You know, it, it seems really odd. You know, this is a time of of relative chaos and the the attempt to impose some kind of order on that 
is is not really showing to me that that kind of that kind of calming effect one would expect, you know, to have some semblance of order in place. There, there doesn't seem to be. I mean, the government isn't really coming outright and saying one way or the other what is expected of the public. You know, it's, you know, um, avoid large crowds, but go to the pub, maybe. Um, You know, all large gatherings are banned, but schools are still open, universities are still open. The Scottish government, on the other hand, has apparently been saying that they expect schools to close by the end of the week and the First Minister has said that she cannot guarantee that they will open again before the summer. You know, we're quite a ways away from being in a situation like that with Fraser, but, you know, for families that have to then source childcare that they're then having to pay for, and people that would get, like, statutory sick pay... You know, that barely covers, you know, half half your rent if you're renting. It's ridiculous. That's all external. This is all stuff that's going on. It's external to myself. I have to keep bringing myself back to myself here because I'm trying to talk about myself in this, but the, the external influence is out there. And, you know, my shadow has come out through what is going on all around me. Um, I, I guess there is just this sense of a, a lack of control. And I never considered myself to be a control freak. I never considered myself to be the kind of person that would really get in stress about anything, really. And for much of my life, professionally and socially, I'd always typically been seen as the the laid back to the point of being a horizontal kind of guy, you know. So, you know, it, it just goes to show that you don't know, you know, how deep and below those ugly parts of yourself are hidden until just the right, trigger or circumstance lets that shadow pull it right out from under your feet as it were and and throw it into your face or in my case not immediately but it allowed it to flow through me and, and then after that after that when I was able to to take a step back and, and see how I was behaving and, and, and just saw how ugly that was. Caroline came back from work about an hour after having first went in, presumably because my boss's boss had called her boss and relayed my concerns about the whole situation to her because she was asked to call some hotline number which she did and in view of her colleagues and her boss and was basically told that she needed to self-isolate. Incidentally, they told her that she needed to self-isolate for seven days 
which is different from the 14 days that our GP practices said. And then when she got home last night and checked online through the NHS website, it was saying 14 days. So there is no consistency, really, in the advice that's out there. It's all, it's all vague. It's all just rubbish. Anyway, Caroline and I had a chat whenever she got back. And as she was entering the flat, I was actually on my phone attempting to order flowers to apologise for how I'd behaved to be delivered to her at work that day. Um, and the, the, the miracle of the, the whole thing is she was not that bothered by, you know, that that situation, that outburst and all that. Um, you know, I I felt so ashamed the other day. To to a degree I still do. Um, because I have, you know, a high expectation of, of myself and and when I don't meet those standards that, that I hold for myself, then you know, I just feel like I'm lower than dirt, you know, it's, it's, but I suppose that's kind of like that saying, you know, pride comes before the fall, and, you know, if you take pride in how you conduct yourself, and, and all that, as I typically do, then, obviously, when you, when you make a misstep, like, you know, I, I did the other day, then the fall is so much the higher, and, getting back to baseline seems like so much of a larger climb. So, I'm making a note here for myself because this is, this is the third episode, I think, where, you know, this, this kind of thing in me is apparent and it's something I'm going to actually need to work on in a big way, I think. Because, you know, you can be caught off guard by your shadow, but, you know, to be caught off guard and then to do nothing with the information that you're then presented with afterwards is, you know, a, a dereliction of of duty to your, your becoming, your evolution as a person. So, between now and next week... I'm going to be exploring that part of the shadow of myself and, and seeing, you know, what is what is in there and what is needing to be addressed and how to address that. So, here we are. We are isolated at Caroline's place over the next week or so. And the cat is alone in my flat but he's been attended to by uh, my mom and my dad who are seeing him at lunchtime each day and just making sure he's got food and water and all that. But he's he's going to be fine. He gets fed by all the neighbours. My neighbours attempt to feed the foxes and the cat gets there first usually. Anyway, I'm going to like finish this episode here because... One thing that Caroline and I have decided to do over the next seven days is commit ourselves to 
our yoga practice and we did a nice routine last night and it helped um, with some aches and pains in, in the back and I'm hoping that continues over the coming days. So for anyone else out there um, that may be listening, be aware of your shadow and if you notice a pattern of stuff coming up then look into that and see what is there and you know the the stories that you tell yourself about what is coming up are different from what actually is coming up each time and when you take away the stories you tell about yourself tell yourself about the reasons for that or the circumstances of it coming up then you can begin to unravel the the layers that hide below that shadow and see where the the source is. So, until next time.